Hello, and welcome to Traeger Method Podcast, Episode 10. Today, I am speaking with Andy Newton, a.k.a. Lord Shanty. That's his Instagram handle, at Lord Shanty. Also known on the webs as hashtag OMA, OMA. Known that for, uh, that's his handle in the skateboarding world, among some people. It stands for Old Man Andy. Or as Andy himself puts it, old man asshole. He's not an asshole, though. He's a great guy. But if you'd asked me back in 1983 if he was an asshole, I might have said yes. I've talked about uh, my years in the early, my early years in the San Diego punk scene, 1983, 84, 85 talked about how me and my friends were kind of these young teenage straight edge skater positive punks as opposed to the older generation of quote unquote slow death fighters drunks speed freaks bruisers Well, Andy was one of those guys. So you're getting this perspective from that other side. He was, you know, he's 60 years old now. I'm 52. So he's, you know, eight years older than I am. So he's that older adult punk rock dude from San Diego. So maybe he was the asshole then. He's not now, though. He's a great guy. Maybe he wasn't then. Who who even knows? It's all relative. In this conversation, we get into all kinds of amazing facts. It's crazy. Andy, the the episode ends with him describing all the, the traumatic head injuries he's had. Many head injuries. Ones that could have killed or definitely made demented another person. But he comes through it all with a very sharp memory for details and stories from that era. It's great. The episode starts with him talking about his life today, skating. He skates pools. He's 60 years old. He skates empty swimming pools in the yards around where he lives in Chula Vista, California, which is a part of San Diego. He talks about being a part of the urethane wheel generation, the first generation of skaters who rode pools he started out riding clay wheels in 1973 so this is we get into old school skate talk talks about growing up in la in the 70s with his sister going to the english disco part of the glam scene moving to chula vista in the 70s felt like going back a decade he says then he goes into talking about all kinds of shows that he's been to difference between punk and hardcore his philosophy that rock and roll is music to riot by. You know, that was, that was his guiding philosophy back in the days when I might've been in the, well, I was in the same room with him many times. I didn't know him, but I, but we were in the same, you know, these shows had 200 people in them. He was one of them. I was one of them at a lot of those shows in the 83, 84 talks about LA punk gangs, his friend crew, the South Bay crew who were kind of the junior varsity to San Diego SDSHs, the San Diego Skinheads, Varsity Fight Club team. 
these were not skinheads as you might think of them. I've explained that. They're not the Nazi skinheads dressed like, you know, British style. These are different. This is the San Diego skinheads. Mexican kind of fighting crew, mostly. Looked more like bikers than skinheads. But then he also talks about the changing of the guard when he got his ass handed to him by some actual Nazi skinheads when they came along in the 80s. In the late 80s. These are the North County skinheads associated with Tom Metzger, the Nazi leader who recently died. Rot in piss to him. We cover a lot of ground. We end up, it loops back to pool skating, which he got into after his... uh, massive beat down by these Nazis. He went back to pool skating at age 29 and he's been doing it ever since. We cover a ton of stuff. Like I said, it's funny. He's funny. He's smart. He's interesting. He's got great memories. You're stoked. I'm stoked. He's stoked. We're all stoked for my conversation today with Andy Newton, AKA Lord Shanty, AKA old man, Andy. Thanks for listening. Good. How are you? Doing good. It's actually raining here. It's unbelievable. It's like, it just started raining like five minutes ago. Like, I go, oh my god, what is that? It's How been long really, it been? Well, it's it's been really dry. We had a, a little rain last week. Like it rained for like maybe twenty minutes, you know. But it was really yeah. light, and it's been really dry though. We've had like maybe two inches of rain in the last four months, five months, probably last five months. You know what I mean? It's been really dry. Wow. Whole different so it's kind story. of nice, you know. But same time, I freak out because I got a pool down the street now. The pool's got rainwater in it, and every time I go in the backyard, I'm trespassing, you know. So now I got to go out there and fucking get that water out, and not get arrested, and then come back when it's already dry and go skate it, and try not to get arrested when I skate it. How many days yeah. a week do you skate pools in backyard? <clears throat> well, right now I'm skating a lot because uh, I got a pool right down the street that I found. So I, I try to skate there at least once a week. You know what I mean? So is this a house that's unoccupied? Yeah, it's a house that's uh, it's being remodeled, but it's, uh, it, it, it seems like they, they ran out of money, and so there's just uh, there's just a house that it's, it's empty, and you can tell there's all kinds of shit making it look like they're doing you know work inside the house, but no one no one's ever there, you know. Nice. There's electricity though because the lights are on. They got the front lights on, you know. But uh, I've been skating that thing since September of this year, and so like I, I told you, I skated that thing 16 times already. In September That's 10th. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, you know what's amazing about that? I haven't been arrested. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> no one kicked us out. And, like, you know, I've, I brought some friends over there. There's only, only like about maybe six or seven people know about it, right? They're keeping it super underground, you know, so, so it won't get blown out. But, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, I had a couple of friends from New York skate it and stuff. And, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been cool. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So what's your handle for your skating old man, Andy? Is that where people can look for the hashtag or for, well, it's, it's Lord Shanty, you know, that's like, yeah. you know, Lord, and but I've also at, seen you called old, old man. Andy. Uh, yeah, old man call, Andy. yeah. They call me old, old man, Andy or OMA, you know, or Oma, yeah. you know, yeah. so yeah. Old man, Andy, you know, I, I, I go, I, I don't, I don't say old man, Andy. I go, old man, asshole. So yeah, old <laughs> man, asshole. And, uh, yeah, they come, so it's, uh, 
Yeah, and it's funny because I, I got called. People start calling me Oh Man Andy back when I was 37 years old. <laughs> because the gen- you know what it was with, with skateboarding, say like the European wheels generation is like the, the generation was getting older. So like now our generation was like the first generation of the European wheel that came out say like in '73, whatever you know, '74. Yeah. And so now we're 37 years old. So we're like, dude, these guys are 37. They still skate. Fuck, oh man. But now a 37 year old skateboarder, there's like fucking. A million 37-year-old skateboarders now is no big deal, you know what I mean? But back then, like, you know, if you're 21, it's like, put the fucking toy away. What toy? That's right. skateboard. Put the toy away and fucking figure out what you're going to do with life, you know? Right, but, uh, yeah. It's, you know, it's a whole different ballgame. But uh, it's fun. It's, it's something to keep my adrenaline going. And it's uh, it's really scary, skating pools. And I don't do tricks, really. I just carve them and grind them, you know? And uh, it's just, uh, it's so hard sometimes just to even grind a pool that it, it makes it fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. So it's so kind of like. Where, did, when did you start? Then when did you start skating? Have you been skating all your God, life? You, know you grew up in SoCal, right? You so. know what? I, God, I hate to. I sound like the Flintstones, but uh, I started skateboarding in 1973. What kind of I deck started, were you riding then? Uh, I was riding a Black a black Knight. A Black Knight skateboard. That was my friend's uh, skateboard. My best friend is this guy named Derek, Derek Hoffman. And I was living in L.A. and we just would... Just go down our driveway, and it was, our driveway was on a slant, and if you could pull a, a, a mean a right-hand turn, you go down this other driveway that went to an underground uh, parking lot for this apartment complex. And then sometimes we'd, like, like stall them through, like, uh, hams cans, you know, empty ham can beers, you know. Yeah. We'd try to stall them through there. And we were riding clay wheels, you know. And, and then and I was in the bike riding, too. I was in the BMX when I was at that time, so... You know, we had Schwinn Stingrays, but we had knobbies, and we had, you know, crossbars on our, you know, handlebars, and, yeah. you know, we'd do jumps, and we'd do wheelies and bunny hops, and, and so when I moved to San Diego, Chula Vista, I, uh, I was a good bike rider, so I, I didn't know anybody, so, you know, I, I, I started meeting people through uh, riding my bike, and then my mom bought me another Black Knight skateboard, and, then, you know, so I was skating, you know, in 74 with a Black Knight skateboard, and in 75, I got to the urethane wheels and a good skateboard, which is a band skateboard, which cost cost me thirty dollars a complete skateboard and I bought it at a hobby shop and I remember I came home and everybody was like, Are you fucking out of your fucking mind? Thirty dollars for a skateboard? What the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not even yeah. joking, you know? Yeah. So I mean Real I didn't say that, but now people were like tripping out. You spent thirty dollars for a skateboard? Fuck. You're not gonna be into that for very long. Thirty about forty years later, you're like <laughs> that that skateboard that I bought there, uh, in 1975, it was a Bane skateboard yeah. with Cadillac wheels and Chicago trucks. If, if I still had that board mint right now, that board would probably go for at least, I'd say, anywhere from 3000 to $5,000. It's, it's a museum piece. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like, I mean, fuck, it's it's monumental. It's monumental. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Is that the so. skateboard that revolutionized skateboarding? Like, Well, you know what? Bane skateboards was... Uh, was a company that was was also Cadillac wheels. So Cadillac wheels were the first like urethane wheels that came out in the market that weren't clay. You know, it was polyurethane. Right. You know, and so now you could ride over cracks and you could go faster and you had a better grip. You know, yeah, and it's it just right. revolution. It's a revolutionary thing that happened to skateboarding. It was the it was the birth of modern skateboarding. Right. Straight out. You know what I mean? And so uh, yeah, it was it was it was insane. And so Cadillac wheels were and so Cadillac wheels and Bain was the same company. And um, Bain was, and they were actually based out of Antonitas. Oh, really? 
yeah, where it all started. Uh, well, in, in, in a sense, you know what I mean? Because there's other companies that, that were around too, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, it's true. But, but for wheels, the first European wheels was Cadillac wheels. Yeah. You know? And so one. now Bain, and Cadillac wheels is still around, but it, it was bought out by someone else. So now it's more like a name than it actually what, what, what it was, you know what I mean? Right. They bought the trademark. Yeah, so it's a trip how different companies buy, you know, and I can, you know, different huge companies will buy, like, you know, Billabong will buy this company or Bams will buy that company. It's just it's a trip, you know. The whole thing changes. Yeah. So you, uh, so you grew up in L.A., and you, what was your life like in L.A.? You mentioned that your sister was kind of a, like, a glam rocker, the English disco type scene. Yeah. What, what, were, you, what were you guys listening to? Well, she liked, uh, well, she liked Roxy music, and she liked David Bowie, and she liked T-Rex, and she liked Martha Hoople, and she liked Alice Cooper, and, uh, you know, she liked Black Sabbath, she liked, you know, Led Zeppelin, you know, and she got, you know, she saw Led Zeppelin, you know, in L.A., like, at the Forum a couple times, and so, yeah, she liked, you know, it, it, L.A. was more of a rockin' town, it was a, a rock, L.A. was, you know, we were young, but, you know, it was, it was a rockin' town, so, so that was kind of music she liked, you know, and turned me on to that, and, I really like Bowie a lot, you know, so that really got me influenced. And she liked Ramones too, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. she, and then uh, you know she she really influenced me big time on on music. But she never really, you know, she didn't get into the punk rock scene or anything like that. You know, I mean, she yeah, you know, she, she knew about it. She she hung out with uh, <clears throat> the Zeros, one of the guys in the Zeros. I forgot what his name. I think it's the singer. I don't know what his name is, but, but he had like a, a mean crush on my sister. You know, my sister's hanging out with one of the cousins of the Zeros. I forgot what her name was. They went to high school together and stuff, you know? And, uh, so, but she, what high school know, she, did she go to? She went, well, she went from, check this out, talking about culture shock there. She went from Hollywood high school to Chula Vista high school. Oh, God, so she was so bummed. And then her, she, when she came out here, you know, she's like, oh, dude, these people are wearing platforms. They're, they're already out. They're already out. And it was hilarious because I remember uh, my mom had got a job down here in San Diego, and she was working downtown by the concourse, and, and at 12 o'clock, it was lunchtime, right? And I, would, I was down here with my mom, so she wouldn't be here by herself, but I had to get all my homework given to me so I had something to do and do all my homework during the week at my mom's place. To make a long story short, at lunchtime, every woman – at lunchtime, they had a plaza that had a mini skirt on. It was phenomenal. I was like 13 years old. I was like, oh my yeah. God. And I remember I told my sister, like, oh my God, everybody's got me. Oh, that's so passe. That's so passe. I'm like, who gives? I go, maybe in LA it's passe, but I'm thank God San Diego's backwards. It was phenomenal, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm, dude I'm like, I was like rigid, dude. I was like, fucking. I, mean, I was like, was like, it was porn candy or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it, was yeah. Yeah. it was, you know, you're 13 years old and like, and every, I mean, even other chicks were hot. God, it was insane. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. San Diego, everybody's, everybody's out there, you know, showing what they got because it's so beautiful and sunny, you know? Yeah, it's sunny. And, but it was funny because, you know, like, like everything, San Diego is always kind of a slower pace. Now it's different because of the internet, and, you know. Sure. But back then it was like fucking so slow pace. Like, even like, you know, when, when punk rock was already, you know, pretty big, it was like, it was like people were like, there's a lot of closed-minded people in the San Diego County, you know? And Conservative I, place. Extremely, extreme. I mean, which is good to a certain extent, you know? I mean, but it was just like, oh, my God. I mean, like, people would just think of, you know, oh, I'm, I, 
That's punk rock. That's punk rock. It's not punk rock. It's Walla Voodoo, okay? It's not punk rock, okay? It's great. I like Walla Voodoo, but it's not punk rock. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, right. It, it, it was just weird. And I remember a Walla Voodoo playing down here in San Diego. Uh, it was a Tim May show. It was, I think it was in 82. In, uh, 80, yeah, I think it was 82. And uh, they opened, Twisted Roots opened up. Twisted Roots was a oh, yeah. So they opened up. And anyhow, to make a long story short, it was on a Sunday. And Walla Voodoo only got to play like five songs. And it sounded great. And um, the SDPD closed the show down because it was after 12 and it was a Sunday and there was some sort of law they had that you can't have live entertainment after 12 o'clock in a residential area or some bullshit, you know? Yeah. So everybody how, many, b- how many great shows did the San Diego cops shut down? Well, fuck, I remember another good show they shut down was uh, the first time the subhumans played out here. Not the Canadian subhumans, but the uh, English subhumans they played yeah. at Fairmont Hall. And uh, you might have been at that show. I Maybe was there. I was there. And remember, the yeah. was going to play like five songs or six songs, yes. and the show got shut down. Remember that? Yes, I remember it. It was so frustrating because I love that. Ah, God, that was. And this sound, I, I, that, that, this sounded great, and that was that was a bummer. You know what I mean? And this, Such this a it was this, it was so stupid for Samuel Cops. It's a, my attitude was like, good, have fucking 150 fucking assholes at one place. Have fucking 200 people who are fucking odd or fucking gore. Good, have them all in one place in the county. Why fucking break up the show? Now you got all these different groups of people who would fucking hate the cop anyhow. Now they're going to go fuck up shit somewhere. Then I'll fuck up shit just at that one place. You know, we're, we're kids, you yes. know? Yeah, it's like, you know, even even the, we were kids. Like we're, I'm 26, 25. You know, now I'm the old guy. You know, but I'm still a kid. You know, like fucking going to Black Flag when Black Flag played at Wabash Hall for the first time. Henry came down here in '81. Channel Three opened up. They fucking killed it. They fucking killed it. They they were the show. But anyhow, remember I told you we get there to the car wash across the street. And there's like ten police cars out there. It's like the show hasn't even started. I go, what the fuck is? I mean, it's ridiculous. It was just. Yeah. Uh, and that's when Black Flag had a, had a really bad reputation, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it preceded them down to San Diego, even. Yeah, we're, we're, you, know, you know, probably, you know, LAPD goes, hey, you know what? Fucking, this fucking punk rock man, Black Flag's coming down here to fucking city. You better fucking get your act together or something, you know what I mean? Seriously. Yeah. And, right. uh, and that, you know, and Black Flag had already played. They played that same year at the Lions Club with Dez, the Dez singing. Mm-hmm. So I, my... I like I like Dez as a singer. I like I I, I would if I got as long as you want to see Black Flag back in the day, what do you want to see him? Henry or Dez? I'd say Dez. I mean, but he had a great voice. I mean, so powerful, did. so guttural and deep, and just like so. Yeah, just he was the greatest. Yeah, he was good. And you know, I, and and I've seen Black Flag really. I remember Black Flag played over at uh, Adams Avenue. It was uh, eighty, I believe it was fucking eighty. It was eighty three, and it was, they played with the front. The front sounded really good. It's, you know, the front reminded me kind of like we had a kind of clash sound. I thought, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and I remember Black Flag was fucking. They killed it that night. Adams Avenue. They were fucking good, you know. And, and you know, they, yeah. They, there was that. There was that window eighty three, eighty four, where they were still awesome. You know, it's kind of eighty five, eighty six. They started getting a little, you know, God, free jazz. Yeah. Fuck, dude. By the, by, I mean, I'm not trying to talk shit. By the end, it was a fucking nightmare. Like, yeah. Fuck. What is this? Sh- I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even know what it was. It's like this is not Black Flag. This is like I don't. Did you did you see Black Flag when they played down in Tijuana? Yeah, yeah, I did with, with Felicio Mortel. Yeah, and then remember they had like a fucking the D Bone Band or some like some yeah the just, the Minutemen. Yeah, and they played like a, remember they played like an instrumental like for twenty minutes. It was horrifying. You remember yeah. that? 
And I don't that, remember that, but but I but I yeah, it's coming back to me. And it was you have a better memory than I do. And I, and I remember Henry was Henry Rollins was just sitting in the middle of the fucking hall, you know, like in between bands, just like like Indian like Indian sitting, you know, yes. like you know. And I was just I going, do remember that. You know, I go, I go, what a weirdo. And people would come up and talk to him. And he wasn't really saying much. He was like, he looked like a a fucking guru or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, he was, it in was Manson phase. Yeah, it was weird. It's like, like you know, you look like I felt like I was gonna go up there, Krishna, Krishna, but I go, fuck, he might beat me up or something, you know. And if he beats me up, <laughs> I mean, if he beats me up, that means he gets beat down big time, you know. But everybody yeah. else, but it was weird, at, you know. Punk rock was weird in San Diego because uh, after a while, it's like it was, you know, you when I first started going to shows, I wanted to see every single band on the bill. And then towards sure. the end, it was just kind of like, oh, fuck, dude, we are, I've already seen that, blah, 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 blah. you know, I've already seen all these bands, whatever, let's fucking get drunk and see what happens, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, but when was, did you start going to San Diego punk shows? What was, like, your first, like, real punk rock show in San Diego? God, it, well, uh, it, it wasn't, but it was, I would say. The, the, the crew that was there wasn't really too punk rock. There was punk rockers. It was The Clash. Mm-hmm. It was the Clash in 79 at Golden Hall. They played with the standbys. And uh, the place was, they, they kept the lights on the whole the whole time the show was on. Uh, it looked more like a sock hop, you know. There was people thrashing around. I remember my friend was going, dude, if this shit fucking thrashing me one more time, I'm going to beat her up. And shit, I go, fuck, you beat her up. You're going to get knocked out, Holmes. But uh, that, <laughs> that, that was, you know, and, and then the Clash, I didn't go to this show, but the Clash played a couple of nights later at the Hollywood Palladium. You know, I heard it was fucking Full on mayhem, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Full, like fucking. Uh, you've been in a play. Have you been in a play? You probably been yeah, in a play. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So they, you know, had this, they got the balconies. You know how they got the side balconies? So yeah. This I wasn't there, but this one dude like jumped off the balcony. I guess when the clash first came on, and he grabbed oh. on the curtain, and then like fucking swung down with the curtain onto the stage, you know, and then did a stage dive or something. <laughs> but it was style. Like, it was full on mayhem. It was like this fucking, you know, just like. You know, this I, I heard like they had like my friends were out there and they're going, yeah, there was like this uh, empty ticket booth there, and then all of a sudden this fucking punk rocker just fucking breaks the door down and fucking just breaks the windows and starts peeing inside the empty ticket booth. I go, fuck, that's punk rock, you know what I mean? And so yeah, it was. Yeah, but now when you say clash, people will be going, oh, uh, should I stay or should I go? No, you fucking assholes. How about clamp down? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I would say that, and then. Uh, God, it's fucking, I saw middle class down here. It was middle class with the germs, but I didn't see the germs. I missed the germs that night. I don't know what, I think we split because Darby was all fucked up or something. So we go, fuck it. We're just going to go get fucking something to drink or, I don't know. So that was like 80. That was 80. That was 80. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, fuck. And then saw some sporadic shows here and there, you know, at the Lions Club, you know. Bands were like some bands back then were you know Penetrators was a punk rock band but it wasn't like they were punk but they weren't like hardcore it, it changed yeah. going from punk because there's a difference between punk and hardcore for say at least because like when hardcore came around it was like it was like you know how it was it was like ninety percent dudes you know what I mean yeah mm-hmm. you know I mean the chicks that were there were usually you know your girlfriend or something like that you know and uh, it was and, and punk rock was more like there's like a lot of artsy fartsy people around, you know, and yeah, and, and kind of like you know, I don't know, this is a little different. I I like the hardcore shit because it was just fast music and it was really aggressive. And for me, rock and roll has always been music to riot by, 
and now yeah. there's punk rock, which is hardcore punk rock. And you could go riot. You could riot at being in a mosh pit is a riot. You know what I mean? And mosh pits back then were like, well, here in San Diego, they were fucking vicious and they were like out of control. And they, yeah. you know, they, you know, they, they, there's whirlpool pits, you know, remember, cause I remember up in LA and all of a sudden, you know, there's start whirlpool, whirlpool pits start happening. Right. But, yeah. you know, even before whirlpool pits, you know, San Diego was fucking, you know, you go up Fairmont Hall, you go out and I remember going to see Red Cross. It was, Red Cross with R-E-D-C-R-O-S-S, Red Cross yeah. with, a real, with the McDonald Brothers, and uh, this band called Funeral played. They opened up at Funeral from L.A. They're a really good band. And I remember I was in the mosh pit, and I come back to the fucking side, you know, where my friend was at, and he goes, dude, what's on your face? You got a bunch of ketchup on your face. I go, it ain't ketchup, you fucking asshole. It's blood, because I have braces, <laughs> you know what I mean? I go, ketchup, there ain't no fucking hamburger place around here. There's a fucking, there's a bunch of ketchup on your face, little fucking idiot, no. But uh, yeah, so it was bitch, you know, and 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 that was like not getting beat up or anything. That was just being out in the pit, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like, swinging, you know, swinging elbows. Yeah, yeah. I remember my my we went to go see uh, God, it was uh fucking Peter and Test Two Babies and fuck who and the, not the Toy Dolls, uh, someone else. I forgot who they were, and it was a fucking crazy show. It was at Fairmont Hall too. I, remember I was at that. Yeah, remember who? Remember it was it was it was two English bands. It was, Peter yeah, and Tess, two babies. Babies and... Uh, the Addicts. The, the Addicts, yeah, that's right. Yep. And so you know what's funny about that? So I remember going to the show and, uh, you know, I get there, you know, I, you know, I think I saw the whole show. I know I saw the Addicts and, and uh, Peter and Tess, two babies set, both sets. Were, I thought they were great. And uh, and I remember walking around and seeing these dudes like, oh, fuck. Dude. I thought it was like a new gang, but it was the Addicts, you know what I mean? You got the oh, yeah, in their, in their yeah, yeah. outfits. Yeah, and I was like, you know, I was kind of ignorant to the fact, you know, and I was like, dude, fuck it. Are these fucking people from L.A. or something? What the fuck, dude? What the fuck are you fucking strutting around here? You know, my fucking kooky attitude, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and oh, it's a fucking band, you idiot, you know what I mean? But <laughs> that was a good shot. I remember my friend goes, dude, you were going ape shit that night, you know? And I was, I was 23 years old at the time, you know? Yeah, that fucking shit of energy. That was a really good show. But uh, well, there was that gang up in L.A. that dressed like Drew. Wasn't it the L.A. Death Squad that dressed like Drew? Yeah, that's what I put. Yeah, yeah, the lads. Yeah, the, LA yeah, the lads. Squad. Yeah. Got you know, seeing them at, at the Olympic where there'd be like 40 of those guys all dressed like Drew. And, you know, they're kind of goofy if you see two or three of them. But when you see like 20 or 30 of them, it's like, oh, it's not <laughs> That's when you break out. You fucking dust off the cobwebs off your fucking Bible. You know what I mean? You stuff, oh, yeah, man. yeah. Okay, what's, what's the most important thing about the Bible? I don't know. It's printed in Korea, south or north. I don't know. Fuck. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, L.A. had a lot of gangs. It's like, fuck, you had Suicidal, you had Circle One, you had fucking The Lads, you had FFF in San Fernando Valley. Fucking, yeah. you, you had, you had a lot of gangs, man. You know, it's fucking, I mean, like, you, you know, where I noticed was, was a lot of gangs were like offenders, you know? Oh, yeah, the worst. The wheel was like fucking, it was, you know, there was shit that you had a crew here, you had a crew there, you know. Suicidal was super violent, man. I mean, the suicidal crew was fucking, dude, they were violent as fuck, dude. You can sit up, you know. Did you go see Suicidal when they, the first time they played here in San Diego, they played at Fairmont Hall? Did you go to that show? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did the flyer for that show. That was a, that, so when I heard Suicidal was going to come down to San Diego, I go, Fuck, it's gonna be a fucking bloodbath, right? Yeah. And it and it wasn't. And uh, I remember Mike Muir. He had a mohawk at the time, man. He, he came out yeah. with a mohawk, and uh, and I, I thought the suicidal kick 
fucking ass that night. I thought that show was great. Uh, they played with Neighborhood Watch and Personal yep. Conflict, you know, and uh, yep. Neighborhood Watch was from, you know, you know, of course, Venice area, whatever. But they, they, that fucking show was a killer show, and it was packed. I remember that Fairmont Hall was packed that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did I you just, ever see? Did you ever see SCSH and, and the Suicidal Guys get into any scrapes? Because I remember there was some tension, like before their Carpenters Hall show there was like going to be some big brawl, but I don't think that really happened. You know what? I was at that show and there was tension for sure. I was hanging yeah. out with my, my friends, uh, the Nickersons, the Nickersons are from Tijuana, you know, and David, mm-hmm. David Nickerson used to be the, he's the original singer for Solution Mortal, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, he was with me and, and these guys, the Nickersons, they were cool, but you know, they liked to fight, you know, their mom was a professional boxer and their dad was a professional boxer. So these kids like to fight, you know what I mean? And yeah, so I they know, know how to. Yeah, and they know how to too. And they were like three brothers. And uh, I remember some tension going on. And I remember, you know, some suicidal, like some suicidal. They were like they were like vatos, dude. I mean, they're hardcore, like you know. And I remember, but nothing happened. Nothing, nothing went down. You know, I remember, yeah. I remember there, was, there was tension for sure. And uh, you'll repeat play that show. I remember, you know. And yeah, had, that was a killer show. Another killer show. They were yeah, it was. Wall, not wall. Yeah, I was at Carpenter's Hall. You know, Carpenter's yeah. Hall had some good. Sh- the first show I didn't go to it that was a punk rock show there was actually the Zeros UXA from, I don't know if they were still in Frisco or they'd already moved to LA. And yeah. and, one, and I think it was Snail, some like, kind of like a new wave type band from San Diego. But yeah, that, and, you know, and I remember my friend, uh, some, I got my buddy from the Penitentiary, I think, went to that show and he goes, yeah, he goes, there's like 50 people there. You know what I mean? Yeah, early. And, uh, and, uh, and that, that was actually 1980. That was in the yeah. but uh, yeah, like I, I went to a lot of shows at Fairmont Hall. Went to a lot of shows at Adams Avenue. Went to a lot of shows at the Lions Club. Went to shows at Wabash, uh, Palisade Gardens. Uh, you were talking about the headquarters. The headquarters. Yeah, you know what's the trip about the headquarters too? Was the reason the headquarters started fucking putting on punk rock shows because the release was was coming up, you know, and I think they're going to tear down the building. So they go, fuck, oh. you know what? Let's have punk rock shows here. That's why I started putting punk rock shows towards the end of their fucking, say, their uh, livelihood, you know? Yeah, because so it was kind of a dance place or something. And, yeah, it's and so like, they just yeah. didn't care about holes in the walls, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So they started putting the shit. So, uh, so, so should you play there? Shattered uh, uh, Faith played that same summer there with, with yeah, the Yeah, we saw both those shows. So that was that was those are good shows. Social Deep, I, I thought that show kicked ass. I mean, my first I show first, ever in San Diego. Dude, that's a good show. That's I would personally now, you know, and I'm not trying to follow a trend or whatever, or or, or if it's cool what I'm trying, or you know, but I, I I have I have no interest in never seeing Social Distortion ever again. To tell you the truth, you know, what I mean, in uh, there was remember when Social Distortion played at Fairmont Hall like a, like a year later. They play with yeah. the Italian mm-hmm. Saints, and yeah. so and that that was a funny. That you remember that how that how that thing worked out? It was pretty funny setup on that one because uh, so, social distortion was supposed to headline that show, right? Mm-hmm. And the Italian Saints fucking had a shit fit about it because they go fuck. Dude, when we go to L.A., we don't headline the show, so why should fucking Social D come down here and headline the show? So anyhow, to make a long story short. Social D opened up for Battalion of the Saints, and I remember that night, Social D fucking killed it. They killed it. And I remember I was doing, I was out there doing stage dives and shit, and I remember I, I couldn't get back on the stage. I go, fuck, what do I do, dude? So I remember I, I ran to the side. Where, when, when I went backstage, I ran to the side, you know, the side door, went through there, and I just ran across the stage, and just fucking just 
flew off. I mean, I, I thought the flew like at least 10 feet, you know, into the pit. Yeah. The pit was super cool because it was just like packed in there, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, remember I was like, flew. And then I, remember I went back up, I got on stage, and then one of the bouncers, one of the guys, grabbed my boot. I, I kicked him and just did another stage dive. And dude, when I used to go to shows, I used to go, well, fuck, if I'm going to go to a show, if I don't get in the pit and I don't do stage dive, it's not like going to the show. Yeah. So then, and then eventually I got, the last time I did a stage dive was actually at Adams Avenue. It was a, it was when the the band was opened up for the Circle Jerks, and, and it was like the week after the week after the Exploit had played. And I remember at the Exploit, I kept on doing a bunch of stage dives, and eventually, somebody I remember just like I'm light. I weigh fuck back then. I was, I was heavy set. I was probably weigh like 136 pounds back then, right? I weigh 129 now. But uh, so eventually, I remember I, I, I did like 15, 20 dives that night, and eventually, you know, the crowd kind of thinned out, you know, in front, and uh, I remember someone like I. Someone like caught me, and when they caught me, they just threw me, and I mean, I landed on my fucking head. <laughs> and, I had a, and I had a, such a huge lump on my head that I had a whole bag of ice on my fucking back of my head that the rest of the night, you know, so because you know I didn't want to like maybe have a, like a blood clot in my brain or something. And so I yeah. thought the cool, the coolest thing about that was I came home, exploit killed it. That remember that exploit? You, you remember Adam down exploit? Exploit killed it that fucking night. Oh yeah. yeah. They were fucking Waddy was. Fuck. I don't know if you remember Waddy came out when Waddy came out. I, I, if I could recall, you know, I'm not for sure, but I remember he came out with a little vial and he, like, he took a little hit off his little vial. And next thing you know, tell you how work off. And it was <laughs> that sounds crazy. right. <laughs> and it was on, dude. It was fucking on. So anyhow, the next week was and, I, and so I remember the next week I go fuck. I can't do one more stage dive. I've never done a stage dive ever again. You know, so I did my last stage dive at the Bandless show. And I remember Steve was still in the band. And I remember I got right like right when he fucking the first like note of the first song of the set. I remember I went the way up and just just fucking like a, a somersault stage dive. I remember he looked at me like I guy's fucking nuts, you know. And that was the last stage <laughs> I ever did. You know what I mean? But uh, well, it's not so dead. That, so when I got hurt at that uh, exploited show, I remember I came home and the cool thing was. On uh, I think it was a Friday night on, on KSDT from uh, UCSD, uh, they yeah. have you know, the radio station. So yeah. they had this DJ back in in, the, in that era that used to play only English punk rock, and so mm. fucking, and so he would, like start playing English punk rock. I think it was like from ten to two in the morning. So I remember I, I fucking came home. It was like you know the show was over like fuck you know before midnight whatever. I remember I came home. I had a big old bag of ice and just listening to fucking you know exploited UK subs, discharge GBH you know the whole fucking the whole nine yeah. yards you know the rats you know. Oh yeah, uh, I like that. So yeah, that's was, awesome. So, so yeah. So who got, so who was your friends or who were you hanging out with? Like were you you said you know you're from you you moved to Chula Vista <laughs> that's where you were so you were like down. Somewhere. Yeah, I hung out with the South Bay crew. You know, the South Bay crew were like the Sandoras, Tony and Chris. Tony, uh, Chris, we called Chris Skunk, uh, Henry uh, Alvarez from from Castle Park, Jovi, Jovi Butts, who's now in uh, Mr. Tube and the Flying Objects. He plays bass, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I hung out with my buddy Ponch, you know, Ponch is from the Del Sol area. You know, Kuchum hung out with us. You know, we didn't, you know, he, probably, you know, he wasn't really my friend, but he hung out with us. Uh, Tell me some Joe Kuchman stories. Uh, well, I remember fucking, I think it was the night of Social D, and, and, and they were lagging and opening up the door, you know, to the fucking hall. And I remember Kuchman, he had a mohawk, and he was like, you better fucking open his door up, or it's going to be a riot here. And I'm just like, fuck, who is this dude, man? You know what I mean? And uh, he uh, <clears throat> he definitely took it to a whole different level when it came to, you know, getting, being out of control, violent-wise, you know? But yeah. the whole crew, my whole crew was like, 
we love punk rock, but you know, there was a lot of fight involved, you know, a lot of, like, you know, it's kind of like, oh no, it's just like punk rock was supposed to be mayhem and shit. And, Oh no! You know, a lot of it was you fueled by it. A, lot of it was, a lot of it was fueled by fucking you know, cerveza, you know. And <laughs> but, but I remember, I remember my friend. He, he just gotten out of uh, uh, the Marines. It was summer of '83, and that's when GBH played over at Adams Avenue for the first time. You know. Yeah. And I, and I remember he just gotten out of the Marines. He's been in the Marines for three years, and he goes, "What do I wear? What do I wear?" You know. You know. I go, "Fuck, okay." I go, "Wear Levi's and boots." He goes, dude, I've been wearing boots for the last three years. I'll wear boots. You got your, you got your Marine boots. Wear your boots. You know what I mean? So I remember he went to the show and stuff. And uh, so we went to like, and you know, he went to the Social D show with me too. You know, and uh, so he went to like, you know, like a six or seven shows with me in like, in a, you know, two month period. And then like, I think it was like the eighth show. And, and then I remember at the, at the end of the night, he goes, "What happened? What happened tonight?" I go, "What are you talking about? There's no fights. What happened tonight? There's no fights." I go, well, once in a while, there's no fights at these shows, okay? But, you know, he was all fucking shook up. There was no fights that night. Like, he thought it was weird, you know? <laughs> all shook up. What's going on? Goes, what happened? No fights, no fights. And, you know, and, and he was, like, you know, he was, like, going to the shows with me. But, you know, he he, he wasn't into punk rock, you know? He, yeah, he, he was like, into you know, the chaos and the release. Yeah, he was, like, you know, like, I remember he, he was friends with Night Ranger up in, up in Oakland, you know what I mean? Oh, really? So, yeah, the band. Yeah, so, you know, he was, like, a, but... Yeah, it was it was fun going to shows, and so I, I hooked up with that crew, you know, the South Bay crew, and uh, hung out with those guys for shit six years, maybe seven years. When I started going to shows, I, I was going to shows with my one of my best friends, this guy named Paul, who passed away a couple of years ago, and uh, I was going to shows with him and stuff. He was super introvert, but you know, we got to, me and Paul got to see some good bands. We got to see uh, the Bad Brains at at uh, fuck it. King's Road for the first time to play with Legal Weapon. Legal Weapon was fucking insane with Cat. Oh, yeah. And the show was a really good show. And then he went to go see, I remember he went to go see the Dead Kennedys at Fairmont Hall in 82. That was a really yeah. good show. And he went to go, you know, he, got, he went to get, see some good shows. He went, I remember he went to go see the Crowns. He got to see the Crowns at Adams Avenue. The, not the 84 show, but the 82 show when, uh, mm. when Christian Death opened up, you know? Oh, yeah. And I remember Ross was out there. He was like in the lobby of Adams Avenue, and he had this fucking weird hairdo going. Like it was like like it was like a metal spike up his hair. Like it was, he had long hair and it. Like and I remember some fucking dudes were like giving him shit and stuff. And I was going, Oh my god, dude! I hope they don't beat him up. I want to see Christian death. You know what I mean? But he didn't. Yeah. Get, he didn't get beat up, you know. But I remember like he was like you know he's hanging out. Here you got Ross. From Christian Death hanging out, and it's a fucking SCSH crew out there, you know what I mean? It's like fucking, it's like, dude, you better be careful, you know what I mean? Beat up a few bands. What was your relation to them? Were you friends with those guys, or? Well, you know what? I knew Tim. Tim Dunbar. You know Tim Dunbar. I'd know it probably if I saw him, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Tim was really cool. I knew Tim. Tim was. 
skinny guy. He was a skateboarder. He, he, he was by the smallest guy in, in the fucking uh, in the FDS FDSH crew. He was super cool. He, he passed away ten years ago. And then, oh god, oh my god, my other buddy. I forgot his name. He he used to hang out with us too. He's a small dude. He's a, Me- a Mexican guy. He was FDSH too. Oh my god, my friends are killing me right now. If they knew, I just forgot his name. And we hung out with him. He was super cool. And then uh, I, I knew, I met Arturo a couple of times, you know, but I, I didn't hang out with him or like that. The first time I ever met Arturo was at, was at Fairmont Hall. I remember he had, he had a Mohawk going at the time, you know. And I knew his, his brother, Pino. Pino's hanging Pino. out with it. You remember Pino? Uh, was, I, I know him from, from just his reputation and just seeing him. Yeah. Yeah. So Pino, Pino was Arturo's youngest brother, you know, so you know, I'd hang out with him and Kevin Weatherall and, uh, mm-hmm. and those are some of the, some of the, you know, my, my ex-girlfriend, I won't name her, but I might, you know, same year name was Cindy. She was cool. And, uh, that was kind of like the crew we hung out with, you know, that was, you know what that those was, guys' story was? Where did Arturo and Pino come from? And what was their backstory? Do you know? Well, I, I know their dad was a professional boxer too. Yeah. So they liked to fight, you know, they were, you know, and, uh, they were skaters too. I know they. Tim was living. I remember this in '81. I was getting pretty fucked up at the time. It's like shit, a little blurry. But I remember after the show, he went to. Uh, it was it was Tim and Arturo. Someone else were all living together, but they had they had a ramp in their backyard, you know, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like a, a, a half pipe. And uh, yeah, those guys were you know they were skaters, punk rockers. You know, they just. They, they were, you know, FDSH, you know, you hear San Diego skinheads. It wasn't a racist group at all. It was just, right. You know, yeah. They didn't even skin- dress like British skinheads. They had their own. Yeah. Style. No, they, you know, they were, they were just, they were just fucking punk rockers, you know, just kind of like, you know, punk rock was hardcore, you know, like fucking like 80, 81, 82. I mean, even, even farther into, into the years, it was hardcore, you know, it was like, it was, it was vicious and, and you know, yeah. and it was like, it was like, you know, you had the L.A. hardcore, you had the Orange County hardcore, and you had the San Diego hardcore, you know what I mean? It was fucking a, it was a vicious crew, man. It was did like, you go up to see shows in Orange County, like in Huntington Beach and those places, or did you go up to shows in L.A. very much? Well, you know, I did see a couple of shows up in L.A. Uh, but I remember seeing uh, right when Golden Shower of Hits had come yeah. out, we went up to Santa Ana and saw the Circle Jerks with uh, M.I.A., you know, the band M.I.A., which yeah. was really good. That was, that was that was actually January of '83, and then in that same year we went to see uh, Public, not Public Enemy, Public Limited at the Hollywood Palladium. Yeah. And then we saw Black Flag at Santa Monica Civic with when they had like the reunion tour, you know, mm-hmm. it was like '85, and Dez was there, and uh, yeah. but, and and, and all the other played that night too, and then uh-huh. and then. And then who else did we see? And then I, well, so I, I also like bands like Susie and the Banshees and stuff like that, you know? Oh, yeah. So I went to go. So, yeah, so I went to see Susie and the Banshees at the Santa Monica Civic. And, and uh, you know, the opening band was Gun Club. Oh, wow. So that was pretty good. That was a good setup. And then uh, really good one. Yeah. And then I've seen uh, other bands are like not, not say, punk rock bands, but, you know, still like an alternative uh, genre. I saw this band called Fields of Nephilim over at the Palace. That was really yeah, good. Yeah, Gosh, man. Yeah. I, I saw, I got one tickets through KSCT, I remember. So uh, I remember that night, I fucking totally dicked out. Uh, God, I drank some Cisco. Remember Cisco wine? Yeah, it was like a fortified wine. 
Yeah, the fucking, so I remember I go, well, we're, we're driving up to fucking the palace, which is up in Hollywood, and uh, fucking, I don't want to be drinking beers, I don't want to piss a lot, right? So I drank the Cisco, so it was me, my girlfriend, and, and we went and picked up our friend up in the Oceanside. So on the way back, I'm blacked out, right? I don't even remember, I'm blacked out, and I'm fucking talking shit about my girlfriend, and, and, and I didn't know she was in the back seat, you know what I mean? <laughs> And then, and then, but we get back to from some, you know, from so we drove from LA, I mean from San Diego to Oceanside, and then from Oceanside, you know, my friend drove to LA, right? And then so on the way back, we stopped at Oceanside. And I go, oh my god! And I kind of start waking up out of my blackout. I go, oh my god! She didn't come here right back to Chulist or what? I don't even know she was in the back seat. You know what I mean? I was just it's a long, long walk from Oceanside to Chula Vista. Oh my god! I was like, just go talking, not like yeah, fucking, you know, like oh my god! I remember the I remember you, I think you punched me in the head or something like that. Like you know, that's when I kind of woke up. Like what the fuck? But she gave me a ride home, you know. So that, that was a tough. And I remember when I showed up at the palace, I was all fucked up. They kicked me out, and I, and somehow I was able to shenanigans my way back in. You know, like oh, I'm here because of kids. And she, they probably go, this guy's a fucking loser. Oh yeah, and I also went to Scream. There used to be a place called Scream up in uh, downtown LA. You know. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I saw this band called Red Lorry, Yellow Lorry up there. They're really good. And an, an English band, kind of like found the Joy Division type style type band. You know, mm-hmm. I remember that was the last time I, I talked to Mad Mark Root. He was at that show. I remember, you know. Oh you yeah. Know? Um, what was your experience with him? I just, well, fuck, me and my friend were an asshole. We were both assholes. So in the summer of 81, we used to see Mad Mark Root at the shows because, you know, he was part of Dead or Alive. And so he was at all the shows, right? You know? And I remember sure. me, and me and my friend, I don't know, we thought that he was Chuck Dukowski from Black Flag. You know, we were always like, hey, why not? Why not? You know, like, we're like fucking posers. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, then yeah. I, and I, was going, I was going, fuck, that's so rad. Chuck Dukowski comes to all the fucking punk rock shows in San Diego. That's fucking <laughs> cool. And then we realized, dude, you dickhead. That ain't fucking, that's fucking Mad Mark Rude. You know? <laughs> I'm serious. What's, what's Chuck always doing down here? <laughs> Yeah, I was sitting there, I go, fuck, dude, Chuck's at all the Fairmont Hall shows. I go, fucking, this is rad. You know, because Fairmont Hall in the summer of 81 had a lot of shows out there, like EOA yeah. played out there, uh, the uh, Canadian Subhumans played out there, Social D played out there with Christian Death opening up for them, uh, fucking the Chiefs played out there, Black Flag played out there, this all, you know, Cramps played out there, you know. And that was the cool thing about the Cramps back in the day, too, when they used to come to San Diego, they'd play two shows. They'd play like an all-age show, and the next night they'd play at the Spirit Club. Mm. Did you see a lot of shows at the Spirit Club? Yeah, I did. You know, I saw the Cramps at the Spirit Club. I remember seeing the circus at the Spirit Club. And right when he walked in, there was a big sign out in front. You know what the sign said? What? No, no slam dancing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't work out. Have, you know have I mean? fun with that, yeah. <laughs> you know, I saw the Gun Club there a bunch of times. And uh, God, I've seen a bunch of bands. I've seen DOA out there. I might have seen the UK subs out there. I'm not sure. I've seen Baywolf out there. I've seen a bunch of bands, you know. How big was the Spirit Club? How many people did it hold? The Spirit Club? When the Spirit yeah. Club, you know what the Spirit Club is? It's, well, you haven't been here in 18 years, huh? Yeah, no. So Spirit Club, it's, it's, it's well, I don't know if it's still there, but it's, the, the actual building's still there. But it, it went, it, it went, it changed ownership and it went to brick by brick, you know, that's what it's called, but still. But, uh, they, they, everybody played it there. Fucking Butthole Surfers played out. I remember one time the Butthole mm-hmm. Surfers were going to play there. We showed up and I don't know, at the last minute they canceled. And they, you know, they had their big old fucking, you know, tour bus. And we were so bummed. We're like, oh, man, dude, they were just bummed. Um, my friend actually got fucking stabbed at a, at a fight there at a Dickies show out there. 
in the parking lot and and fucking when he got stabbed, he got stabbed in the leg and it went to gangrene and he lost he lost the he lost he had to get his leg amputated from the knee from, from below the knee. You know what I mean? Oh shit. You know, it, you know, eventually the shit was going to hit the fan, like, you know, just being just all crazy and stuff. Eventually someone's going to get hurt and eventually, you know, something's going to happen. You know, shit started happening. What's the worst that you ever got hurt? Uh, worst time I ever got hurt was probably like the end of my fucking, towards the last couple of years when me going to punk rock shows, I was just going just to do something. I was just fucking over it. You know what I mean? But uh, worst I ever got fucking fucked up was I never got fucked up either because I, 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 I used to did the fucking up, you know. Uh, it was at a Dantic show. It was, da- it was Dantic playing over at uh, I didn't even know even made it inside the show. It was Dantic playing at the Soma at Soma, but the Soma that the first Soma on on Union Street in downtown San Diego. Do you remember that mm-hmm. one? It was by the no, railroad. No, I side. never never went there. So yeah, so I remember fucking uh, shit was hitting the fan and. I remember someone comes up to me and goes, hey, man, fucking, I think, you know, Tony got stabbed in the neck or something. And I go, what? You know, and Tony goes, yeah, fucking Marcus got stabbed in the leg with a screwdriver. And next thing I know, I'm fighting this skinhead dude. And fucking, I'm fighting him. And then next thing, this other skinhead comes from behind, just clocks me in the fucking side of the head. And I just fucking see like a green light. And I fall and hit a hubcap of a car. And then right when I hit that hubcap of the car on the back of my head, and this one skinhead just kicked me right in the fucking mouth, you know? And then, uh, and then my, my, then it's all my friends showed up out there and then it's fucking just, when those skinheads split, fucking it just went out of control. Like they split and the car they were in, they got fucking, their, their windshield got fucking shattered off by a fucking two by four. It, it got like where, it got to the point where it's like punk rock was almost like you weren't a gangster, but like when you went to the show, you were like a gang member almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like real violence. Yeah. And, and it's like, even if your friends were, weren't at, they were not at the right, you know, in the sense of like what they were doing wasn't wasn't really cool, but you still had to back them up if shit hit the fan, you know, and right. and it was and, and so yeah, so I remember I got fucking pretty fucked, I got pretty fucking jacked that night, you know. I mean, I, I, I had a busted mouth, I, you know, I, had, I I got a scar inside my mouth from that still, you know. Yeah. And, uh, were these like Nazi was, skinheads? Like it was. Like, yeah, 80s? it was. It was. Yeah. It was a fully. It was a whole. It was like the. It was like a changing of the guard, you know. It was it was it was June of 1989, and it was a changing of the guard, and it was a, it was a Nazi thing. It was like a lot of guys from say North County, like the Tom Metzger crew or something, you know. Right, like Fallbrook. And, yeah. Yeah, and it was that, you know, and it was like you know, it's like now it's kind of like you know, and I was just burned out on, oh no, I was just like, just got burned out on punk. I was just like burned out on the whole. Just, I, know, I saw everybody as fucking. Everybody knew as fucking posers, even though I was a fucking poser myself. You know what I mean? But it's just like, and yeah, and after that, I was over it. And then, like, about a couple of weeks later, someone called me up and goes, hey, man, there's a fucking pool down the street from your house. And I went and skated, met a bunch of fucking people there. They're still my friends to this day. I actually wanted them. I skated with them this Sunday, the pool I got here, in, you know, my down the street. And uh, so, yeah, so I go, I'm just, you know what, I'm going to just get destroyed on my skateboard. I'm not going to get destroyed by fucking posers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that sounds then, like a good, a good move. And by then it was it, the scene had kind of like it was pretty much over. I mean, like, I mean, poor. I mean, this sounds weird to say, but poor Tim Mays. Now Tim Mays busses ass to put on shows, and there's so much mayhem to deal with. You know, permits oh and fucking violence and fucking bands and the SDPD or San Diego Sheriff or whatever the fucking whatever city they were in. You know, and, and like, and he put on shows for like Tim Mays was the Gary Tovar. 
of fucking uh, Gary Tovar's, you know, the guy from Golden yeah, Voice. Golden Voice, right? He, he, Gary Tovar. I mean, Tim Mace is the Gary Tovar of fucking San Diego. Seriously, yeah. Man. If it wasn't yeah, I mean, for Tim Mace, I don't even know. Because even when they had a Dead or Alive, Dead or Alive was still Tim. It was Tim Mace, Mad Mark Rude, this chick named Sherry Cotton, and uh, I think it might have been Terry Marine or something. But uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know Terry Marie. I don't know Sherry Cotton. I know who they were. I've seen them at shows. I didn't know. But uh, yeah, Tim Mays is just like phenomenal. But all the shit he put up with, and you know, and he wasn't making money at these shows. And no. it was just, it was just, and then, and then from there, you know, at the end, you know, he he, he opened up the Pink Panther that bar. Remember the Pink Panther? I don't remember up. it like in person, but like yeah, I know. And then he, the Casbah was like next, right? He got him in Casablanca right off of uh, fucking uh, Kettner, the little one, the little, the little, the yeah. little one. Man. So yeah, that there was a lot of fucking fights there too. I'm gonna shoot at the fan out there too, man. I'm like fuck, there's some crazy shit hit the fan out there, you know? This is uh, in the '90s. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, this is uh, '90s now. Yeah, this is the early '90s. This is like fuck. I'm gonna one night we went to the, when it first opened, like the first week, there's nobody there at that fucking place. I don't know who we went to go see, but there's nobody there. It's like, this is my crew, you know, like, you know, four or five of us, and that was it, you know. But that place would get packed if there was a really good band. And fuck, that place, it was so small. And then it turned out that then when, when they moved up the street, this other place, that venue stayed at the Velvet. It, it's called the Velvet, you know, and they had shows uh-huh. out there and stuff. But they'd have a couple of, like, you know, Shows where like skinheads would show up and the shit with the fan, you know what I mean? Yeah. How long did that Nazi skinhead era last? Do you do you have a feel for that? God, I don't know. Not not too too long. I I just got out of it. I, I'd say it was a couple of years yeah. and max. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it was just like because I remember the night the the day the, well, that Danzig show at at fucking uh, Un, uh, that Union was on Union Street uh, at Soma. Yeah. The next week was was a final conflict show. And that was up there by, uh, it's black, basically right across the street from the tower and you know, the tower bar. It was, mm-hmm. uh, it was, it was an upstairs, uh, hall. And, uh, and, and I didn't go to that show because I knew there was going to be a lot of fucking repercussion from the night to the weekend before and I, and I didn't go. And Final Conflict was kind of a peace punk type political band, right? Yeah. And that night, there was nothing peaceful about that night because I remember the, one of the victims there actually, uh, was stabbed and had a collapsed lung, you know, and uh, mm. and then and then that victim that had that collapsed lung had like, uh, you know, there was an not an aftermath, but there was like, you know, shit's gonna hit the fan if we see you, you know. From who, the was, other party. who was who was saying that? Like the skinheads or? Well, it, it was kind of like, you know, everybody had to watch their back, you know what I mean? Everybody yeah. had kind of like Alfred out, like you could be somewhere and like you hear some noise, you got to have like maybe, you know, eyes behind your back because you don't know what, what could, anything to pop out, which would made it kind of, it, it, it just got to the point where it's just like, dude, this is not even fucking related to music at all. This is like, it's just this, gang warfare. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's fucking stupid, idiotic fucking nonsense. You know what I mean? And, yeah. but at the same time, when I got beat up, you know, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I've, I've been, I've been fucking destroyed many times, not beat up wise, but just like, injuries and stuff like that and getting knocked out and sure. you know i've been knocked out for six hours straight you know i've been Ooh, knocked out when I wake, from I've been knocked, 
Uh, yeah, I was actually I was in a skateboard contest down in Tijuana. This is like 1976 or so, and I was going down this hill really fast, and I got the speed wobbles, and I tried to, you know, maybe jump off the board. I put my foot down. And I went to a complete. I hit my. I did a complete somersault. Hit my head, they said, and then I fucking collapsed, and then they let me sleep it off in someone's house in Tijuana for six hours, and then they took me to the border. And when I got to the border, I was only like 15 years old or so, maybe 16. And then in the border patrol or the customs were going, you got in a fight, you got in a fight, you know, and they're like, fuck you motherfuckers. I got fucking hurt in a skateboard accident, you know, in a contest and they took me to the hospital and I was, I got, I had the worst road rash I had. Like, I mean, I had like burns on my, my, my palm or my hand was just like lifted up. It was, just, it was, oh. bad. so that was, that was a bad one. Then I remember I getting knocked out over at the skate park, Spring Valley skate park with a helmet. My friend goes, you know, because I could get to the top of the pool, you know, with the lips out, the coping. And he goes, well, check it out. I'm going to put my skateboard above the lip, and then you can grind the skateboard, you know. And, I'll, you know, and so when I got up to the board, he couldn't hold my weight, even though I'm anorexic. So his board fucking went back. When his board went back, my truck hooked up on the on the lip, and I fell straight to my head oh. at least nine feet. And I, and, I, and I remember I knocked myself out. And then when I got up, I, mean, I only knocked myself out for a couple of minutes, maybe a minute or so. But when I came to... I I couldn't I was blind I couldn't see you know because I'm like oh, you're right here you're right here and I'm like where where and they go right in front of you and I was like I was blind you know and so I've been oh. like I've been you know I remember Max girlfriend knocked me out twice in like within fucking three minutes you know we were having an argument about some sort of nonsense I was drunk she was drunk and I was arguing about her ex boyfriend you know like I never even met the boyfriend like she's not supposed <laughs> to have a boyfriend until she met me like when she was 34 right, or whatever. Right. And so anyhow, and so and I know it's like fucking. She takes a swing at me, and boom! I see a green light, and I just fall fucking knocked out in the driveway. And then when I got up again, boom! She knocked me out again. So the next, <laughs> so the next, and we're both on probation for DUI probations, right? You know what I mean? So we're not supposed to get in any kind of trouble. But I had money at the time, so I wasn't worried about go oh, fuck you. Know, I get in trouble, I'll, I'll bail myself out so fast. It was funny, right? So the next morning, it's fucking. She, are you still with me? Yeah. Okay, cool. My phone's kind of getting really low uh so the next morning you know we live together the next morning you know she, i you know she's laying in bed and i come in the room i look like fucking donald duck you know all swollen and she's like what happened to you what happened to you i go fuck you don't you remember because now what happened what happened i go you fucking knocked me out twice that night you're in a fucking you're in a blackout you like oh my god oh my god and she just unzipped my pants and sucked my dick and gave me a blowjob and uh, make up for it yeah, and then I remember my sister showed up. She said, "What happened to you? I got in a fight with these guys at the live wire." Well, you didn't get no fight, no fight, But yeah, so yeah, I didn't fucking uh, yeah, I didn't. You know, that how is it? That, how is it that you have like the best memory of anybody I, I've met from that era, and you've had like multiple traumatic brain injuries? <laughs> I don't know. It is funny because I remember my doctor. My doctor even told me, he "Goes, you know what? You might have brain fuck. You might have brain damage." I'm going, "Fuck right. it! I hope I do because that way I can get on disability and still skate." And why is he escape because he's fucking out of his mind so i was going god i hope the fucking results come out that i do have brain damage i won't have to work anymore I'll just be on disability and stay skateboarding you know and they can't they can't say anything about me skateboarding because i'm fucking why he's out of his fucking cord so anyhow the results came back and the, and the results were no i had a brain scan the whole nine yards right and they go no there's no damage i go well that fucking machine's fucking broken or something you know I'm serious. I'm still disappointed. I've done everything in my power to injure my brain. God, I'm serious. It. it was like fuck. And, and like, right now, I, but I've been knocked out a lot. I remember, like, when I was a kid, I remember I ran and 
sudden hit my head on a bumper of a car and I, and I was knocked down. I had to see, oh, fuck, I remember one, I was skating this pool and I was doing a frontside 50-50 in the shallow end and I fucking cut it too short and I fucking hit the steps in the shallow and I hit the side of my head in the shallow end, right? And it and it and it and it started bulging up, and I got a fucking big nose, right? And it starts bulging up and bulging up, and then my friends were there, my two friends. They're going, "Oh my god, it's getting bigger than your fucking nose!" I mean, you fucking assholes. And so fucking this little kid, one of the kids who lived in that neighborhood, you know, they all looked up to us and stuff, and we were really cool. Then and he helped me put my shit in my car, and I remember I went back home, and I had a whole bag of ice on my fucking on my side of my a fucking head, you know, and it was it was like a fucking it was like it, it looked like a softball. And my next door yeah. neighbor at the time was a, a San Diego police officer, and he fucking hated everything, right? And he's fucking, but he was always really cool to me. And I remember I get a call from my next door neighbor because it was her, his wife. He goes, Larry, Larry's worried about you. He saw you, and Larry doesn't give a fuck about anybody, and he's worried about you. I go, oh my god, how fucked up am I? And so, and I was taking care of my mom at the time. My mom had Alzheimer's, and so like I remember I go, oh fuck, dude, I gotta make her a sandwich. And so like, what do I do? So I put my baseball cap, a, a hoodie over my baseball cap, even though it's summertime. And uh, do you want mustard or ketchup with that? You know, like fucking. And I got this huge. And so I remember I worked at a phone room and I went to work a couple of days later and my whole face was black, you know, from the, from the hit. And then we like, oh. people were like, I walked in and they're like, ah, people were screaming and yelling. I go, oh my God. I go, fuck, they might have good looking or what? Fuck. But it was insane. So that was, I, I fractured my skull on that one, you know, and that was, oh. that was a heavy. You could still see the, like the bulge that were here. It was, but it didn't knock me out, but it, it gave me like a fucking, like it, it looked like a tumor on my head. It was nasty. I'd, I'd go to the hospital and like that either, you know. It's a of, serious contusion. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, you gotta wear a helmet. You don't wear a helmet now, do you, when you skate? Well, I do now wear a helmet because it, 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 it makes me look like I have more hair. So I do wear a helmet. <laughs> Just for vanity's sake. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I am wearing a helmet now because, uh, it's just you know I, I just don't want to hit my, I don't want to hit my head and then it's, it just gives me a little more uh, say insurance and like mental insurance yeah. too like yeah, you know yeah. we'll, and I wear elbow pads too I wear elbow pads yeah. and helmet you know, but I've only been doing that for like with a helmet I, I just only been doing that for say, like the last maybe year or so you yeah. know not not too much but uh, and yeah, you I don't drink like, anymore either right no I haven't drank uh, since September second two thousand nine I quit drinking you know what I mean. And, uh, I wasn't an everyday drinker, but I would drink. You know, if I did, I'd maybe start drinking on a Friday night. I wouldn't start drinking until, say, Sunday night at 2 in the morning and then try to, fun- yeah. try to function the next day, which I couldn't, you know. No, so maybe you're binging. Yeah. Yeah, that's, well, that's good. No, fuck, man. A lot of, <laughs> sorry. But, drinking brought a lot of problems. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, your phone's dying, and uh, it's been a fantastic conversation. We're heading into an hour, so let's wrap it up. But, man, I got to so, thank you so much for this conversation. It's just awesome to hear your stories and all your great memories. We'll do it again. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want. You know, fucking, I got tons of stories, and, you know, I got some of my flowers pulled out here for the next time, you know, and I could talk about those shows and stuff and what happened. We'll and do it again happened. real soon. All right, well, cool, man. Thanks a lot. I super appreciate that you're stoked on it. Awesome. I'm super, I'm super stoked that you're stoked on it. It's just like, this is, uh, this is, you know what I mean? I know. You're, you're, you make me feel young just talking to you. So there you have it, my conversation with at Lord Shanty on Instagram, a.k.a. 
hashtag OMA, Andy Newton. Thanks so much, Andy, for talking with me. It was a pleasure. We'll do it again. I'd like to ask you some more specific questions about different things in the future. I look forward to that. I hope you guys feel lucky for having heard from Andy. Isn't he a great guy? Isn't that interesting stuff? I'm glad he's no longer drinking. I'm glad he's wearing a helmet. (laughs) He just got a negative COVID test too. So we're glad you're with us. Okay. We'll be back next Friday with another episode of Traeger Method. I don't know who's going to be on this one. I haven't done it yet. I haven't put it together. So we'll see. Be well. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time.